worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You love podcasts. The stories, the laughs, the unexpected turns. But when this episode ends, the silence starts. Not anymore. Audiobooks.com turns that silence into your next great adventure. With over 450,000 titles, from bestsellers to hidden gems, your love for listening just found its new best friend. And because you already know the joy of audio, we're giving you three free audiobooks to start your journey. Imagine your favorite podcast, now with unlimited episodes. That's audiobooks.com. Keep the story going. Sign up for your free trial at audiobooks.com slash podcast free today. Because for podcast lovers like you, the end of an episode is just the beginning. That's audiobooks.com slash podcast F-R-E-E. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Riverfront. This is episode number 468 of the world's most dangerous podcast, where we discuss the Cincinnati Reds and occasionally Felipe Lopez. I'm your host, Chad Dotson. Got a couple of guests this week. First of all, you all know Nate. How are you, Nate? Chad, I am fantastic. I'm excited to talk ball with you fellas. I don't know if you've been paying attention, but Reds baseball is hot in the streets. So uh, I think we're going to dive into it. Something like that. Back on the show after uh, boycotting me because I uh, forgot about him when I was in the uh, the great state of Texas. Finally, I've convinced him to come back. It's Carlos Guevara. How are you, Carlos? I'm doing well, buddy. New year, new you. There we go. I'm going to try to my, – my New Year's resolution is to get back into your good graces. So we're off to a rousing start. Um, yeah, it's like spring training or something. Are we having fun? Uh, are we – are we overreacting enough to the uh, early results, or are we? Uh, yeah, I, is it possible to overreact, overreact too much? I, I don't think so. And definitely overreacting too much. And I have a feeling it's going to be a contrary opinion on this episode. But I'm having all the fun in the world. And also, before we get into all that, Carlos, I want to tell you, Chad, drop the ball on my bachelor party. You're officially invited to the wedding in Puerto Rico in two weeks. So. <laughs> I feel like Chad get my ticket or not. <laughs> now we're talking. Yeah, right, you show up and you show up and tell me what airport you want to fly out of. I'll get your ticket. Come on down to Puerto Rico. Uh, oh man, no! But the buzz around spring training is it's fun. It's funny. I, I think I tweeted yesterday. It's like you know, before camp started, everybody's like, "Don't pay attention to spring st- spring stats. Don't do that." And then four games in, man, we cannot stop mm-hmm. tweeting spring training stats. I love it. It's, it's good. We, I mean, it's better than what it was last year, at least. That's true. You know, uh, Matt McClain hits a, a walk-off home run on day one. We're all like, oh, <laughs> my gosh, here we go. Matt McClain, put him in the starting lineup. Get rid of Jose right? Barrero. We need another prospect uh, to try it shortstop. So, the Reds are going to have nine, nine silver slugger winners this year, all rookies. It's going to be a big year, boys. <laughs> <laughs> if that happens, I predict they will not lose 100 games, and that'll be fun. That'll be a lot of fun. Um, before we go much further, if you're watching on YouTube, hit the like button, smash the subscribe button. And if you're listening to the audio version, now's the time to subscribe. Carlos is back. He's not going to boycott us again, we hope. Um, this week, there is plenty of spring training news, and we do have a topic we want to discuss. But I, we have to begin with, it was kind of Joey. Joey Votto did not play in any of the spring training, training games, but it was kind of his week in some ways. Uh, first of all, MLB, I guess this was on, uh, this must have been on Instagram, uh, said, uh, had a post that said, drop your boldest NL Central prediction. And of course, Joey Votto leans in there and replies, extraterrestrials arrive on Earth April 15th. <laughs> the 12 and 2 Reds and the rest of the planet learn from, communicate with, and befriend our alien friends. This process takes five months. Play resumes in October. The Reds sweep the playoffs and are World Series champs. 
Side note, the aliens ask if I would like to accompany them on their ship back to their plant. I oblige. Never to be seen again. <laughs> My question for you, Carlos, is who hacked Joey's account? That doesn't sound like Joey, does it? My question is, is weed legal in Arizona? <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering what time of the day he posted that. Was he yeah. on some substance, whether uh, alcohol or something? But yikes. That's out there. That's out there. That's the Joey I, that I know, though. That that's didn't surprise what, me. <laughs> He's yeah, that's full of that's that randomness. Uh, and 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 Trent Rosecrans, who has another piece that we're going to talk about in a moment, that's something he said. It's like you, everybody's finally getting to see the Joey Votto that other people see. Just he's uh, he's he's a goofball. Is, is that is that a good description of him? Accurate. He would say thank you. <laughs> he said that. <laughs> uh, Nate, any comments on that before we move on to the uh, the more fun stuff about Joey? Only that the uh, topic of this week's episode is uh, we're going to make some bold predictions and. That prediction is only slightly less realistic than some of some that I want to throw out there later. So uh, Joey's setting the tone for us today. That's true. That is a bold prediction. But the one thing I, I did want to talk to uh, to Carlos about was the piece that uh, Trent had in the Athletic. If you all remember the Joey Mapo piece, basically the oral history of Joey Votto in some ways uh, last year at the Athletic. And if you have if you have the Athletic and you haven't seen it, go go look at it. Well, this week they posted. Uh, Joey's kind of response to those. And I, I have to get your, your response to Joey's responses, Carlos. Um, the first one was this. Uh, you said every offseason he decides he's going to do something. This offseason it was chess, and he goes all in on it. And he, re he responded, last offseason it was a knob bat. That's what we call in chess a blunder. <laughs> I don't know. That's not really responding to you. Um, but uh, yeah, that was, that, that was a blunder for sure. <laughs> um, one of those top regrets of his career is having to having to go with that bat and, and start off the year with it whenever he was seemed to be feeling well and was ready for the year and unfortunate but it is what it is yeah you have to imagine that someone that's as structured and reg regiment oriented as somebody like joey Votto is that even a little change like the knob on your bat can send you into a tailspin it really can mess with you yeah you also said, Carlos, he'll send a random video of music and there's nobody on the screen. And I'm like, what the hell is this? And then here he comes across doing a little dance and mopping. Then he goes off the screen. It's just like that. It's just that. That's all I'll get. And he says, take notes, Carlos. My question is, have you responded to him with one of those? You better do your own version. Yeah, we just send, we'll send random stuff. I mean, he's the, the originator of it after like the five first five times he did this back in the day i'm like okay i guess that's what we're doing now so that's in a couple but um yeah unfortunately i don't have any more else i would have shared one with the world um oh, man i feel like i would have gotten the okay from it um but i for whatever reason they're all they're all gone now i failed you guys well that's, he, that's even that's he asked me for one whenever they decided to do this story i guess it was Maybe at the end of last year, um, you know, the Trent was working on this. He he sent me a text and uh, said, "Hey, do you, do you have any more of those uh, those videos?" I'm like, "Sorry, buddy, they're gone." And then I I didn't know that they were actually working on this at that time. And then later on, he told me, and so I was like, "Ah, that's why he was asking." Ah, uh, that makes sense. Um, there's another part there where, and this is something that does not surprise anyone, I don't think, but he, he confirmed that he loves dancing. How much of a dancer oh. is Joey Votto? The biggest dancer. Like I'm telling you, <laughs> at my wedding, he sat down for a couple of songs maybe. He's out there like full sweating, just just getting after it. And it's not like because he's drunk or anything. He just really enjoys it. Like he'll look into, like he looked into the culture of, you know, Hispanics and the songs that we dance because we had some right. of that going on. And yeah. uh, he, he was right in. He knew what he was doing. He, <laughs> And he learned from like my aunts and my uncles and he was in there doing those dances. And I mean, he doesn't really do it too much or I, mean, I don't know about now, obviously I'm not in the locker room with him anymore, but he really didn't do it too much in the minors, but you know, he'll send little videos here and there of, of him working on some things. They're pretty funny. That's fantastic. Now I have to, I have to say this uh, before we started recording, Nate invited you to his wedding, but I can't help but notice Nate wasn't dancing at your wedding. I mean, that's really sort of disrespectful. Don't you think? Nate likes to I dance. Text, I, I text you, Chad. You didn't send it to Nate. 
<laughs> yes, I'm the bad I'll guy once you, again, as always. <laughs> I'll send you guys some videos of me dancing at the, at the wedding. So uh, we, we can balance this out. Can't Excellent. wait. And, and I don't want to dive too deep into this. It's just this thing came out this week, and then uh, unrelated, you happen to be here. So the last thing was this. You have to tell us a story about this gigantic chocolate Easter bunny. <laughs> Joey's response to the story, and you can tell the story if you want, but uh, he says he looked like he needed a hug. Poor little fella. <laughs> Did you need a hug? Little, that little jab there, Joey. He knows what he was doing. <laughs> he knows I was going to see that son of a bitch. <laughs> How dare he? Yeah, that was that was kind of. At first, I really thought it was my mom who sent me all those flowers and big old Easter buddy for my birthday. I'm like, no, she didn't, because I know my Dan, my girlfriend, she wouldn't do that. She knows not to embarrass me like that. And then I got there. And, oh, Joey. Oh, Joey. That's really the only thing uh, there is to say. All right, let's get into a little bit of the news of the week. That's, that's enough about Joey for now, although we may uh, mention him again later because uh, there was a tiny bit of news regarding Joey Bottle. Let's talk about spring training. That's where we started a moment ago. Um, you know, what stood out for you guys? For me, some of the things that stood out, I thought uh, uh, Hunter Green, Nicoladolo. I mean, you know, that's what we expect to see. But, you know, they're, they uh, they look good in their first, again, uh, I don't even know why we're discussing how they look in these spring training games. It's so irrelevant. I mean, just because Connor Overton gave up nine runs in a third of an inning, that's it's irrelevant, right? I mean, but Green looked good. Lodolo looked good. Um, Ian Jabot struck out six batters in a row. Those are the Reds' three best pitchers. So oh, uh, Six any, pitches any, is what I heard. That's something like that. Yeah, I think so. And each pitch was like a half second long because of the pitch clock. They just <laughs> hit the quickest two innings in the history of baseball. Um, is anything standing out as spring training for you guys at all? Uh, Carlos, anything for you? Um, I mean, it's way too early to just, give an yeah. honest opinion, but since we're playing this game, um, I guess like the bullpen, those guys have been throwing really well, which is good to see. Um, it, it's difficult to throw in Arizona. It's difficult to grip the ball. It's, it really is. And so to see, you know, their, their sliders and their changeups having good work on them, you can tell these guys came into camp ready to go. They all know that they're competing for a job. Nobody's really mm-hmm. locked in. There's a, there's a handful of guys that are locked in, but, there's a lot of open spots still, so they all came to impress, and so far they're throwing the ball well. Oh, good. They got they have to find some some relievers somewhere. Nate, what about you? You're irrationally excited. Let's hear it. Oh, we'll get into some of that during my bowl predictions. I'm definitely uh, I'm loving how these young guys have been swinging the bat. It's like Carlos said, they they know that they're fighting for a place, and most of these guys aren't going to see the uh, opening day roster. Some of them might not even see the big league roster at all this year. But they know there's an outside chance, and they're uh, they're up there taking their hacks. Um, I've loved Jonathan India. He's going through that. I wish he would stop sliding head first into bases all the time. But uh, stealing bases, being athletic out there has been fun. But one thing I wanted to touch on, at least make sure that we did, is since we have Carlos here, who's actually been through big league spring trainings, like what is the mindset for some of these guys that are you know fighting for those roster spots right now? I know that the established guys are working on their sliders, working on their you know secondary pitches but for some of these guys that we make fun of the reds for signing 50 guys to minor league you know contracts and invite to spring training what is going through their mind every day that's a pretty it's good question I mean, because we we talk about don't put too much into spring training stats but for some of these guys their spring training stats are a big deal to them personally i guess uh carlos sorry i, I interrupted you there because i hadn't talked in a while and i get nervous if i don't get to talk <laughs> often no absolutely i mean <laughs> you're right like you know, spring training really doesn't matter for, for a whole lot of other teams. They've got, you know, three-quarter of their roster ready to go. The Reds are not that case. They These guys had to come ready to go. Um, you know, especially, you know, those guys that are on the bubble that, that, that could make it or out of options like that, those guys got to come in almost mid-season form. They got to start their training programs a little bit earlier. They got to start seeing live pitching earlier, so that way they're ready to go week one um, because they're, they're fighting for their jobs every day. I mean, and it's not like they're going to get – all of spring training, you know, most of these guys are are going to get, you know, sent down here pretty quick in the next couple of mm-hmm. weeks. And then another wave is going to come after that. So it's pretty stressful out there. Um, I mean, I was in, th- in that position as well. I mean, it was a rule five. So it was like every day you're just focused and you're, you're getting your job done and you're, you're you really are leaving it all out there, even even on the bullpen sessions, because you want to impress someone. You want one guy to to uh, be in your corner whenever it comes to roster cuts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's something we don't talk about a lot. Every single year at this time of year, 
we say a hundred times every episode, ignore what, what you're seeing, ignore the stats. Don't even, don't even look at the numbers, but for the, this Reds team, more than most Reds teams, there are guys where the numbers can really help them. I mean, this bullpen, there's so few spots that are accounted for really that they're, you know, three, four guys at least that can, and, and often you can't earn a spot on spring because of what we say about the stats, but there are some guys that really can't earn a spot in that bullpen, for example, and, you know, on the uh, back end of the roster, well, in the, the whole outfield, frankly, just about, um, has a chance to, to earn a spot. So that makes this spring training a little more interesting for the Reds, or maybe I'm just trying to find things to be interested about uh, for this team. Um, one of the guys that I mentioned earlier, Matt McLean, and I mentioned him in my uh, initial Cincinnati Magazine piece of the uh, of the season this week that came out today that I haven't read yet. I hope it was good. Uh, I'll let uh, – AI write it for me. So, but it said something about Matt McLean uh, being something interesting to watch during spring training. And there are a couple other guys that I think are interesting, but I I have been like a low man on Matt McLean forever. But he hits one walk-off home run, and I'm like, this is it. This is the guy. But the <laughs> truth of the matter is, so far, in what, you know, five at bats. <laughs> I don't know what, but he's looked pretty good. He's got no base, he's getting hits, he's um I don't know. Matt McClain. I guess my question is this, and and I definitely want to hear Carlos's thoughts, but Nate, I'll ask you first. Uh, Jose Barrero is probably the default shortstop, and Carlos knows why I want to ask him because he has had some thoughts over on, on Jose over the years, and he's turned out to be exactly right. It's the only thing he's ever been right about. But um, uh, does Matt McClain have a chance of actually using the spring to grab that spot? I, I don't know. Does he have a chance? Yes. And I think the reason I'm comfortable saying that is because of what Jonathan India did two spring trainings ago. You know, nobody really expected him to make the opening day roster, and he just took it in spring training. Now, it's important to keep in mind that Mac McLean's been coming in late in games. So he's not starting off and doing this against other teams' starters. But I love the four walks. I love that he's showing the power. I wonder if him and Jonathan India were doing the same thing last year where they were trying to bulk up and just hit bombs instead of playing to their strengths, which is athleticism and, you know, those gritty kind of guys that Cincinnati loves. I think there's a chance, but I don't expect it. I mean, if this is a throwaway season, which we all expect it is, let Jose Barrero go prove all of his doubters correct. Carlos, you've been a a, – there you go, right. Uh, Carlos, you've long been a prospect hugger, and you've hugged no one more than Jose Barrero. So I'm 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 going to open the floor. Have have at it. First of all, <laughs> I'm I'm back. I'm on the uh, Jose Barrero fan club now. That now that everybody's already written him off, now I'm back on. <laughs> um, no, but what I've always said about him was just he just wasn't ready, and that was you know information from sources saying he's not ready yet. He's just right. you know how talented is it, the big leagues is a, is a different level. It's it's different, like as simple as it's saying it's a different level. I don't know how else to say it, but it's not the same as AAA. You have dudes out there coming to get you every single pitch. Every pitch. They're not taking one off. It's right. it's very difficult. And if you have any sort of flaw in your game, it's going to get exposed and it's going to get exposed quick. So then it's on you to make those adjustments. And you've heard, you know, you hear all the greats about how it is. It's It's playing you know, cat and mouse with, with the pitchers, with the league, how they pitch you, vice versa. You just make adjustments, you know, because if, if it was just, you know, the same here, here you go, here's how we're going to pitch um, Jose Barrero every time and he doesn't make an uh, an adjustment, who's that on? That's something that's on him. And and so now he's trying something new. Uh, we'll see how that goes. I, I mean, I really think it's, it's going to be pretty slim shot for McLean to make it because that means they'd have to either – release what's who Newman Newman Kevin and Newman, yeah. and then you know just be done with Barrero one of the two that they've got to do and I think they're going to start off with Barrero uh this year and giving him you know pretty much all of April and see what can happen unless he's just horrible this spring again I think even I mean he had to be really bad I think for them yeah. not to at least give him the first shot at it because he's still young and, um, but it's, you say, you know, uh, from sources, but in retrospect, it's absolutely true that he was not ready. I mean, he's, he's, he's parts of three seasons now and he's been just bad. There's no other way to, to put it. 
Um, he did perform in the minor league. So again, maybe this is the Nixon Zell corollary. We'll keep, keep, keep giving him shots, but um, Nate, you got a thought? That he really only performed in one season in the minor leagues. Like he really wasn't that great any other season, just that one massive year. And that's what gives me a little bit of pause. I'm rooting for the guy because he looks like a ball player. He looks like a freak athlete yeah, out does. there. He's got a slick glove. But um, if you're if you're looking for a reason to be skeptical, I think it's that um, yeah, I don't know what the analytics and the advanced stats would say on that one season, but the rest of his baseball card doesn't look the same. Yeah. I was so fired up whenever I saw him sliding headfirst into second and then headfirst into third base. I didn't even get to finish my tweet, and he was sliding headfirst into home plate. <laughs> I'm like, what in the world are you doing, man? What He's are you doing right you. now? Like, <laughs> I get it. I, I get it, you know, but the job is yours to lose. Don't be doing stupid stuff and get hurt. Yeah. And, and that, that's true. The job is his to lose, and it – uh, he can lose it. They still have this year's uh, Cal Farmer. Uh, by the way, rest in peace, Cal Farmer. Um, never be forgotten. Uh, but Kevin Newman is, you know, did, this guys. year's. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, well, if you're not in Cincinnati, you might as well be, you're dead to me. But, um, yeah, I agree. He, if he can stay healthy, he's going to get a shot. This new toe tap thing he's got going on or whatever. He, I mean, all right, whatever. Just, dude, you got to perform. It's now or never. Although Nixon Zell laughs at the idea of now or never <laughs> because he's had four <laughs> consecutive now or never seasons. Um, I, I want to talk a little bit more about the, the outfield in, in a moment when we get to some of our questions and maybe some of our predictions. But Christian Encarnacion Steer. Nate, you've been all over the Christian Encarnacion Steer uh, train for a while. Um, Did you just merge is, Spencer Steer and Christian Encarnacion Steer? Did, did I say Encarnacion Steer? Did I say that? <laughs> you did time. it two times. Two times. <laughs> we need that Noel V. Encarnacion Strand or Encarnacion Steer. That's what we need. Something like that. Or, or L.A. Encarnacion Steer. That'd be the perfect <laughs> shortstop. L.A. De La Encarnacion. We found it. <laughs> All right. Tell, I don't know what I'm saying, so somebody talk. I'm ready to talk, and um, I'm going to go ahead and let you guys in on one of my bold predictions. I came up with three this year. One of mine is this is this last year I was all big on Graham Ashcraft. That worked out. So the guy that I'm putting my little blessing on, my little my little kiss from the heavens, is Christian Encarnacion Strand. My guy is going to hit 20 plus dingers at the big league level this year. At the big Where's league, where's he going to play? Where's he going to play? They're going to have to find a way because he's going to hit 20 in April in AAA. I'm just kidding, obviously. Slightly exaggerating. <laughs> but um, I, I see him putting 40-plus up you know, across all levels this year. And a guy like that with a bat like that, he's just an injury away. Now, I would have put that number higher, but I'm not going to – You know, Joey Votto's got first base. And he's, we're wishing him nothing but good health. He's going to be there all year long. And I will not entertain a scenario where that's not the case. But who's the DH, you know? A guy like that. Just hits bombs. He had 32 and only 122 games last year. He's got a 588 slugging in the minors so far. The guy's got a smile from ear to ear when he's out there playing. Loves the game. I love me some Christian Encarnacion Strand. God, you mispronounced it. It's oh. Encarnacion Steer, but anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, because that's going to become a thing. Dang it. Um, Joey Votto may not be ready for opening day. Does he start there? Does Will Myers start? He may get a shot early on to at least prove something. Um, Will Myers already got back back stiffness. Like I I don't think it's far fetched that. I mean, how many players did the Reds trot out last year? Maybe like literally the most ever. (laughs) Literally, yeah. I I don't know what to make of the guy, but he he has hit everywhere he's been. I don't know what else he can do, but he can hit. So, see, Joey's heir apparent. I think is the question. the answer is no, because Joey is Joey's heir apparent. Um, Christian Encarnacion, any thoughts on Encarnacion Strand? Or um, I literally put in our notes, our show notes document, I literally put Encarnacion Steer. I literally <laughs> wrote that. That's why I said that. I was looking at it. This is well, I guess we need to talk about you know his his dad Spencer then. <laughs> <laughs> I yes, haven't seen I mean, much of Spencer so far. Has he done anything? In the- you did say it. <laughs> <laughs> I did. Yeah, you're li- he's looking. At it. I literally wrote that down. What was I- Do you think that that was his real name? No, but um, I don't know. Don't if worry. you ever wonder what the Riverfront thinks of prospects, you just found out. 
if you don't if you don't show up ne- on next week's show with a with a fake Incarnation <laughs> steer jerk, you're failing, gonna, buddy. Yeah, I'm gonna have one of those. Oh my goodness, it's ridiculous. This is so embarrassing. Can we start over? I've embarrassed myself publicly once again. Uh, let's go into our bold predictions as Nate started it. Um, well, the last news of the week I wanted to mention was no timetable for Joey Votto. Uh, you know, coming back, he hasn't played yet, obviously, and uh, he's not answering the question. He just wants to get to the place where he's healthy. But I like uh, I like David Bell's quote here. Um, I don't have confidence or a lack of confidence that will happen. Joey, Joey back for him today. David Bell says, with Joey, I just trust it. And that's exactly the way it should be. Just just trust the guy. And you've always got Spencer Encarnacion or whatever to play there if you need him. Um, <laughs> yeah, re- real quick on that, Chad. Um, he's He's looking at this year almost as like a tryout. Like this isn't yeah. coming from him. This is just me thinking. Right. Like, because he doesn't want to stop. I know that he doesn't want to stop playing this year, you know, whether it's for the reds or, you know, someone else next year or even two, he wants to keep playing. So this is, this is the year. So he's going to have, he's going to make sure he's a hundred percent ready to go because this year really matters for him. Well, yeah. And we saw last year what happens when he's not healthy and he tried to play through it and it just did not work well. And he knows that he has to be ready. So I'm take as much time as you need. But um, you see in every interview, and he's given a few interviews, but every single one of them, he, he, it's some version of, uh, you know, I'm, I feel like there was one where he literally said, I feel like this is my first spring training. I feel like I'm, ha- you know, I'm coming into it, trying having to earn a spot, you know, and he doesn't have to earn a spot, obviously, but um, he doesn't want to go out like last year. He's too, uh, you know, uh, he has, uh, he has pride in what he's been able to accomplish. And I think it's, it seems apparent from what he's saying that he still believes that he can perform. Mm-hmm. So yeah, take your time. Take your time. In the meantime, we got one of these random prospects we'll throw out there, whose names no one knows. Um, my my uh, first bold prediction of the year for the twenty twenty three season: Will Benson. Will Benson will start more games in the Reds outfield than any other player for the Reds this year. Will uh, have you all mm-hmm. even heard of Will Benson? He's he's a, he's a real player. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Will Benson, he, he, oh, six, he's a ahead. big old dude. Mm-hmm. Well, I say six five. If it wasn't for got, Christian Encarnacion Strand, my, my spiel earlier would have been about <laughs> Will Benson. Yeah, I like my big boys. Hey, that's a clip to save. <laughs> <laughs> Will Encarnacion Benson, six foot five, big time power, maybe the fastest player in Reds camp. Plays all three outfield positions. So far, he's pretty good in center field. Um, you know, again, how much do you make of swing changes he made last year? But last year, his uh, strikeout rate dropped. He, um, his swing and strike rate dropped. Uh, and still still good power, good on base. And and when you look at that Reds outfield, who are we talking about? Will Myers? Okay, I like Will Myers, and he's going to be okay. He'll be a Red for half a season. And uh, Jake Fraley, I mean, he, he rakes, Rake Fraley, but – if you're going to put money on someone to play more games in outfield, I think Will Benson, former number one pick of the uh, of the Cleveland Guardians, is just as likely as anyone else. That may not be a bold prediction, but I feel like it is because I think it's pretty. I bold. don't know. It's pretty bold. I mean, um, Will Myers is going to get every chance he can until the trade deadline. So they're really hoping that he goes out there and mashes. We all are for because we're Reds fans and because we know he's a rental. Um, Senzel's going to get that first shot at it if he's healthy. So are you going to put the smart money on Nick Senzel to be there all year? I mean, I would love to see it. Don't get me wrong. We are a pro Senzel podcast, but I am not going to put the mortgage down on that one. So the only question then is Jake Fraley. Can Jake Fraley hit enough to play both sides of the platoon? Or is he only going to be in against righties? And how's he going to do? I mean, I, I like Jake Fraley, but the things that Will Benson does – are kind of all the things that the Reds were lacking last year. He mashes and he gets on base at a high clip, and he plays a strong defense. Like there's there's room for a guy like that. And if they're not trying to figure out how to get him on the field, they're crazy. Yeah, um, I can definitely see that. But from from what I saw, a couple of swings. He's got a big long swing, and yeah, 
he's he's going to have to make a quick adjustment too because those 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 guys like I talked about earlier they're going to see that and they're going to they're going to attack it you know with sliders in you know splitties down everything down you know I don't know how seems like he can hit anybody's fastball so um, we'll see what kind of adjustments he makes along the way um, spring training I, th- I think he's he's pretty much locked on the team isn't he. I think so. Yeah, I think he's uh, yeah. So all the like team, spring yeah. training is kind of like him working whatever, but I think he's going to have, you know, first crack at being, you know, one of those outfielders right away. Yeah, I mean, I kind of uh, he's almost I kind of see him like a like a Jose Barrero type, where you know he put up great numbers in the minor leagues. He struggled. He you know smaller sample size than Barrero, but um, we'll see. Yeah, it's, it, that's exactly where I was going. I was going to uh, reflect on what you said a little while ago in, in relation to Burrow, which is that last year, you know, 426 on base in AAA. And I, and I mentioned he posted a career low strikeout rate, his swing strike rate, career lows, but that was at AAA Columbus. And now you're going to be playing against literally the best pitchers in the world. Um, and I mean that because he doesn't have to face the Reds uh, bullpen. So uh, the other teams have the best pitchers. Yeah. So, um, He's going to have to adjust. I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, I was going to say, yeah, I was agreeing with you. You've got to adjust. Yeah. He, um, shoot, what was I going to say? Um, You're going to say he was uh, a handsome yeah. man and you hope he does I'm nothing sure, yeah. more than uh, win. <laughs> I will say that I I think it deserves mentioning that uh, give, give Nick Cross some credit because if this guy turns out to be a oh, yeah. everyday guy for several years, trading a second rounder whose name I never knew. So they just drafted the, the draft four for this guy is a coup and love. Yeah, it. that's that's what I was going to say. That's one thing that I'm not fully optimistic about him is because it's who they got him from. The Indians are I'm sorry. The Guardians are not just giving away players. They, no, not cheap players. They retool. They rebuild their you know their system is strong and everybody's always talking about how great of moves they make. Why is this one different? That is an interesting point that I hadn't really uh, reflected upon, which is because because we've even given Nick Crawl some credit for getting all his hauls over the last year, but and, and this one looks like it could be a good one, but man, maybe there's a there's a flaw there in this player that the Guardians saw, and so they're taking a flyer on a second round pick, um, and and uh, I don't know, yeah, it could go either way. So yeah, even if even if the Reds saw the same flaw and they were just like, hey, it's just on the off chance that last year was not a flash in the pan, it's it's worth that shot for us. So I, I like it either way. That's nah, still a lottery. It's a sort of a lottery ticket uh, in some ways, but there yeah. are things to like. But also, he 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 can't Barrero it up. He has to prove it. Yeah, I'm all about shot. getting a guy that's pretty much MLB ready for a prospect to do it. The yes, the guy that's built like a statue that you put outside the stadium. That's massive. <laughs> Nate, you had uh, Carson. I don't know if you had any bold predictions. If you just wanted to comment on ours, but if not, Nate's got a ridiculous uh, bold prediction for the year. Have at it, Nate. All right, my uh, my next one is that Brandon Williamson is going to end up third on the team and wins above replacement among the starting pitchers. So we all think that the Reds have a three-headed monster up there with Green Lodolo and Ashcraft and whatever order you want to put them in, and we all know how I feel about my boy Graham Ashcraft. I can see, uh, I can see it being hefty boy. <laughs> smelling salts in the dugout. Let's go. I can, uh, I can see it being a bit of a bumpy season for Graham. Uh, he's he's got to miss some more bats because with no shift and the way he induces ground balls, there could be a bit of a learning curve there. I love that he's been um, working on his slider and his stuff, but Brandon Williamson was a big time prospect. Yeah, you know, 2021 started 19 games, 14 Ks per nine. 1.18 whip, and I like whips to start with a 1.1. And he had 153 days in 98 innings. I think he's got the juice, man. I think that uh, he's going to fight for that fifth spot in the rotation. And at the end of the year, you're going to get 20 plus starts from the guy. And he's not going to, you know, set the world on fire, but he's going to solidify his spot as the number three behind Grant Lodolo. Wow. I'm not sure he's even going to make the rotation, but I, I, I like the kid. You know, he came over in the Seattle trade uh, last spring before the season. 6'6", left-hander, uh, sort of an up-and-down season last year at two different levels of minor leagues, but his velocity is reportedly up. I don't know. Um, are we are we uh, getting out of our skis um, 
about Brandon Williamson. As if you're watching on YouTube, you see yes. my my computer almost fell off the table there. <laughs> we got to start day, over. This have is- a day, buddy. Have a day. <laughs> oh, this is bold goodness. predictions, right? It's supposed to be bold predictions. <laughs> you're Brandon all flustered because we're being Williamson. so positive. <laughs> uh, this comes back to the question: Who's going to be the rotation? Who's the first five starting pitchers that pitch for the Reds this year? Carlos, what do you think? Uh, uh, is, it, is it Sessa, Luis Sessa, and Luke, yeah. Luke Weaver get those last two spots? Or do these, it does... I think Weaver will get the fourth, right? I, I mean, I, don't I think so. Do pitch. He has the inside track, I think. I don't think Sessa needs to go to the pen. He needs to play the Jeff Hoffman role um, from last year. Jeffrey, Jeffrey. Hoffman. Yeah. Thank Sorry you, Jeffrey. Put some respect Ooh, on that wee. name. <laughs> But um, yeah, the other guy—I I don't even really know who's who's in the running for the yeah, no, that I mean, fifth spot. Brandon yeah. Williamson and who else? Levi Stout. Levi, Levi, Levi Stout. Stout. Maybe he's like worse. Brandon Williamson. Yeah. Yeah. So because. Well, Sessa. I mean, I'm, I'm with you, Nate. Like, I'm not too far off on that Williamson being the you know the Reds' third best starting pitcher this year because I'm I'm a lot with you on on Ashcraft. I feel view him more as a four or, you know more of a four and a five type of starting pitcher than a number three on a good team. Like even, you know, two years from now, if a grand match costs their number three, they're still going to be, you know, only wild card hopes, not, you know, pennant hopes. Yeah. Maybe yeah. You know, a workhorse number four. You could see uh, that's, a, that's yeah. a solid rotation. If he's sort of a workhorse. Yeah. Just thing. go out there, eat innings and, you know, keep us in the ball game. I think that's what he is. I don't think he's, you know, anywhere near all-star type of level, um, top of the rotation kind of guy. I, th- I think he's going to be solid for as long as the Reds can keep him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, my my, uh, my uh, next uh, – this is not really a, a, a bold prediction, but it was Matt McClain would be the starting shortstop on the final game of the season. And I meant to say that he would win the starting shortstop job at some point during the season, but generally game 162 for the Reds in most recent seasons have been just a garbage lineup full of uh, has-beens and never wases. So I don't know that that was exactly the bold prediction I thought it was at the time I made it, but um, I, I, was sort of, I was, I was, I was basically saying at some point, Matt McClain is going to win the shortstop job on the Reds in time to have Ellie De La Cruz take it away next year. I think is where I was going with that. So, Ooh, so no, no I Ellie guess... De La Cruz this year is what you're saying. Yeah, that's, that's where I was going. Like maybe the bold thing is that you're saying that um McClain's going to do so well, Ellie does not start at shortstop at the end of the year. Well, Ellie De La Cruz sucks. I mean, I think that's basically what I'm saying. <laughs> I've seen nothing from him that makes me think he's good. He's has he even played above a ball? Who is this guy? They keep talking about him being good. So yes, that's it. Ellie De La Cruz sucks. That's my bold prediction. I will say that my favorite moment of spring training so far was when Matt McLean in the interview said that Ellie told him after that walk off that he's going to show up at five thirty the next day. He's going to teach him how to pimp home runs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, running so fast, that thing was way gone. <laughs> yeah, there's no, there's no clock on you, buddy. Total side note, man. This team has been. There's an energy that was missing last year. Very specific, good reasons why it was missing last year. They traded everybody we cared about except for like three dudes. But this team is out there running around having fun, and I feel like it's noticeable. Maybe it's just me. Maybe it's no, the it's, spring it's me. They're uh, they're missing some grumpy guys that were there last year that can totally bring a clubhouse down and, you know, because the young guys feed off of that. If the young guys are, you know, they're all, you're all quiet, you know, to begin with as a rookie, you know, it's a little different now. They, you know, rookies have more of a voice than what they used to even back in the day when I was playing, but now they don't have that anymore. They can let them be themselves. And you can see on that C trend article, Joey's, you know, tell them, Hey, you got to give me crap. I'm not above, basically anyone like come on let's go give it to me like and 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 that's good that's good to have yeah and that that uh, that piece a couple of weeks ago that a lot of people crapped on uh, on on the twitters about Jonathan Indias wants to be the leader of the team and i understand why people were sort of mocking that a little bit but on the other hand i don't mind these young guys saying all right look they've screwed us screwed around on us here and and it's just us now so we have to kind of take control of this thing and have fun and bring some energy and i don't i just don't think it's i don't i think some of that is Somebody looking for a spring training article to write. Obviously, there's that that element of it. But on the other hand, I don't know. I I, I like the enthu- the youth and enthusiasm, and give me something to be enjoy watching. Whether you're not going to be good, at least be fun. That's yeah, sort of our, our yeah, motto the, here. The way that I read that article was that these guys are just like, "Hey, last year sucked, man. And if we leave it up to the front office to dictate how much fun we're going to have this season, 
then we're going to keep having sucky seasons. So let's just say no matter what, set the tone. We're young. We got the energy. Let's let's have some fun. As far as being, you know, calling yourself a leader, I, I don't know how I feel about that necessarily. But just from a, a, a tone setting standpoint, I uh, I'm all about it. Yeah, I'm with you, Nate. The, the message about you know everybody being, hey, let's go out there and you know and kick some ass. That's that's cool. But I I didn't really like you know India saying that. I mean, he's in year three. He really hasn't done much. Like rookie of the year, cool. That really doesn't. That's gone. Right, right. There's no like nobody cares anymore. So you know you're gonna have to speak it with your game. So that that's kind of more of the leader that I would like to have, and that most big leaders like to have is, you know, show me, earn it, and then you can talk loud about it. But the, the whole energy and everything around it is, is a good thing. Like Chad's talking about. Yeah. And, and that's something that I, that occurred to me as I was reading that piece earlier, which is like, he probably doesn't need to tell an officer to reporter. He needs to show that energy right. and enthusiasm in the clubhouse and on the field. And then when you are the best player on the team or whatever, you come back to uh, perform well, then people will recognize you don't have to proclaim that you're the leader. You can become the leader without telling a reporter that you're the leader. So, but I mean, I, I will like say the though, enthusiasm. he set the tone from the very first pitch spring training, though. He, he got on first base, went out there, got second, stole third, uh, was out there hustling from the, from the jump. So, if you are going to say it, you got to go out there and back it up at that point. You can't. Uh, Be better now. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he's been trying to. Yeah, he needs to cut his hair. Base. He needs to cut his hair. Before we get into this, he needs to cut his I'm hair. with you. It's ridiculous. It's embarrassing. <laughs> These kids these days, the rock and roll music and the long hair. He should braid it and set Red's Twitter on fire. Oh, that would be fantastic. <laughs> You're going to say something about the stolen bases, uh, Carlos? Yeah. What, what, what's the record for a single season? If that gets broken, asterisk, right? Maybe. Yeah. I mean, I'd because be. when you the, the, the pitch clock plus the uh, you know inability to throw over as many times to first base as you want, plus the Base larger bases. bases. Yeah. yeah. I mean, um, Eric Davis was still 400 bases in a season. 400 That's a lot bases. Of bases. That's a lot of bases. Yeah. The Reds are going right. for the spring training record, wherever that is. Gosh. Will Benson I again. They, I just hope they go at 100%. And then first try, opening day, got him. He's out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That would be hilarious. <laughs> that would not be hilarious at all. But they're already going to be up 10 to nothing, so it's whatever. There well, you go. Exactly. I don't know why they're Boy, stealing they... up 10 to nothing, but yeah. Edit that point. out. Edit that out. <laughs> yeah, that's not, that's, that's not good. All right, Nate, I'm not going to let you say your final prediction because it's it's too ridiculous, so I'm not going to let you say it unless you sneak right. it in but what, before I go to the next topic. If we uh, if, you, if you click on this on YouTube and you see that it's titled Chaz Boring Predictions, then uh, you know I got overruled. <laughs> but my, hey, my that, final – go ahead. I, that's Chad Incarnacion steer to you, pal. <laughs> For my final and most bold of predictions, the one that uh, Joey Votto's alien abduction was always slightly less realistic than is your Cincinnati Reds and mine. We're going to make the playoffs this year. Playoffs? We're talking about playoffs. Right, we said to get bold. And, you know, the Brewers, that's who I looked at. They were a game out last year at 86 wins. Go take a look at that roster. I mean, their best hitters were Hunter Renfro and a guy named Rowdy, who's awesome. And I wish the Reds had him because, you know, we've been through Hefty that. Hefty boy. They just have a bunch of kind of above average dudes hitting baseballs in Milwaukee. Now, pitching is where they do it, right? But they only had three guys with an ERA plus over 120 more starts. The Reds can do that. Like, it's – I'm not – Wait, are you trying to talk us into it, it or what? <laughs> Yeah, I am. Okay. I'm not expecting this, but if you go position by position, you can see, like, oh, man, like, if Jake Fraley hits an OPS plus of 110-115, which is not crazy to me. He did that in limited time last year. If Will Myers is good and they don't trade him too early, if Joey's comeback player of the year, Jonathan India bounce back season, Christian Encarnacion Steer is good at both first and third bases with a little bit of DH. I'm just saying, sneaking into that last wild card is the absolute ceiling for this team, but not impossible. I like it, Nate. <laughs> I, res- I respect I will that. lose all of this optimism by April 3rd, but let me have it now. Come on. Yeah, I'm pretty sure last year, whenever uh, we were on the late night red show, 
at about this time, I said, man, somebody listed that many things that need to go right for them to be. I'm like, man, that's a lot of ifs. That's a whole God, lot. That's of a lot of ifs. And lot. all of the ifs have to hit, not just half of them, all of them. All I will say, Nate, is. Yeah, you're uh, right. I will quote my, my friend Red from, uh, from Shawshank Redemption. Hope is a dangerous thing. Hope can drive a man insane. Nate, well, it's we should predict is, is, I want to look at the schedule and see over or under 500 in April. Yeah, yeah over. Yeah, probably. Because it's going to be all about that start. Certainly, they're not going to start 3-22. and 22. I will say that I did sprinkle a little, little dash on the Reds over this year. You should be oh. hammering it the way you're talking. <laughs> yeah, really? <laughs> it was a bold prediction. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. <laughs> but you made a great uh, case for it. Yeah, uh, uh, he made a case it's, for it. Uh, we'll say that. There we go. So, yeah, no, but uh, good point, though. If they just don't start three and 42 like they did last year, at the very least, if they could just be 500 like three weeks into the season, we're already ahead of the game. We're, we're already winners in, in the game of of life so have us some viewer mail can we do some viewer mail please these yes. questions come from our friends at patreon.com slash riverfront sensi that's patreon.com slash riverfront sensi where you too can support the world's most dangerous podcast joey gaditza our friend from canada hey fellas have any of you ever been to goodyear for spring training i think it'll be most enjoyable one of these years i'll get there um, where where'd you spend uh, your spring trainings uh, when you were actually training, Carlos? Peoria. Peoria. In Arizona, yeah. Yeah. With, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, they share with the Mariners. Yeah. But I went I went to one spring training uh, to visit Joey out there in Goodyear. One How is a lot it? to do. I mean, yeah, the ballpark's but... awesome. It's cool. But, you know, you got to go to Scottsdale, really, if you're going to do anything, mm -hmm. which is on the other side. But it, I mean, it's awesome to go and check out some games. Yeah, I've never been. I, you know, I, I tell you what, uh, I was talking to our buddy Carver uh, last week before, and uh, we had this perennial plan that every year we say we're going to do it. And I don't know. I'm going to try to see if we can, can't actually do this year. Go out to that Reds uh, fantasy camp. You ever see the fantasy camp where the old fat guys are playing around with the the old fat players? Um, um, so I, so I will fit in uh, perfectly. And uh, we, we keep saying we're going to do that. One of these days, I have to do that. I mean, I suck like a bunch of baseball. Nothing like a bunch of bad body guys in a baseball uniform. <laughs> That's all I want. I want nine of them. I want nine of them in the major <laughs> league roster, but <laughs> oh, rally to West. I never went. I've never been to um, to Arizona. But I did go to um, Florida when the Reds were in Sarasota. I saw them play in a few stadiums down there, and it was a whole lot of fun. Uh, I think it was right when I turned twenty-one, so I might have had too much fun. Got a little sunburnt when I fell asleep in the outfield after a few. Uh, you know, adult beverages, take a little nap, take a little nap in the outfield grass, the behind the fence, behind the fence. But uh, <laughs> spring training baseball is a lot of fun, man. I mean, the crowd's into it, the energy's there. You don't care about wins and losses so much, but it's a it's a good time. Also, quick interjection: looking at the April schedule. Uh oh. I mean, the beginning and end of the month is not. <laughs> he's bad. talking. He's he's talking himself into it, Carlos. He's in, in real time here. Listen, he's talking himself it, into it. It starts out with series against the Pirates and Cubs, and it ends with series against the Pirates, Rangers, and A's. The problem is, right in the middle, you go Phillies, Braves, Phillies. Nah. Remember the time the, the remember the time the Reds were decent and they couldn't beat the Padres or the Pirates to get in. That one that long ago. I don't. Yeah. Know. The problem is when I, was making my, when I was making my argument earlier was that uh, I looked at the other wild card teams, <laughs> the Padres last year. I'm like, oh, the Reds are nowhere close to that. <laughs> Next question yeah. comes from Jerry Sadoth. Jerry says the early spring training games are showing a massive uptick in stolen bases and hits that would have been outs in the shift era. What Reds players are likely to benefit most and conversely how vulnerable is the Reds' defense with the new shift rules? I, I'll be honest, I don't know the answer. I'm interested to see, in terms of the defense, I'm interested to see how Jonathan India, whether the shift helped his defense. There's some thought that maybe his deficiencies were masked by the, the shift rules. I don't know. Um, I don't know that anyone knows who's going to be benefit. I mean, Will Benson's going to benefit because he's going to get a million stolen bases, but that's just because he's awesome. 
I, I don't really have a good answer here, and that's a, a really bad thing to say, I guess. I'm supposed to have some answers. But either of you have any predictions for how this is going to play out, these new rules, the shifts? Um, the- I'm interested to see Jonathan India over there, um, you know, being able to be a little bit more athletic. I, I don't I don't think it's going to help him because last year was easier to be a defender. You didn't have to right. cover as much ground. Um, so, I don't know. We'll see how much he worked on his defense because that was a, that was a big problem. I mean, there was talks about moving him to the outfield. So, yeah. let's see. Yeah, we uh, we talked about Graham Ashcraft a little bit. He's going to be impacted for sure. We'll see how that plays out throughout the course of the season. I think uh, one person that we know is going to be negatively impacted is Mike Moustakis. Um, <laughs> not the strongest defender. Still catching strays. Will all season long. Um, he's, he's catching so many strays. Offensively, I think it's really going to help Joey Votto and Tyler Stevenson. Those are the guys to me that get they got robbed the most by making solid contact in places that they spent the entirety of their lives getting base hits, and all of a sudden they weren't anymore. So, that's well, that's where I was going to go with with Joey. The Reds really don't have a lot of, of left-handed hitters, and you would think maybe some left-handed hitters would benefit most. Uh, from the the lack of shifts, and so I was, you know, I, I, you're right, Joey Votto. How many times has he been robbed because they were playing him uh, the right way? Yeah, that guy in, in short right field was a killer. Yeah. Right, and so I think that that could absolutely help Joey. And uh, I don't know, maybe Tyler Stevenson as well. But Joey's the one guy that I thought just because uh, just being a lefty. So yeah. Branch Brown, with all the stuff about different balls being used at different times of the year. Um, hello, this is a family podcast branch. Some teams, the Yankees getting the juiced ball more often. Well, I see you working focus here. <laughs> branch, will players be much more vocal when they think something is up with the ball this season? Um, well, I, I don't know the answer to that, but I will say this. I like how every one of my answers to these questions start out with, I don't know the answer. That's literally the first <laughs> few words I say. Why are you asking me this question? I don't know the answer. Um, I think this whole idea about different balls being used and, you know, I, I think it's – that's one of the things that's irritated me most about recent years of baseball mm-hmm. is, uh, you know, there needs to be a ball. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Carlos, any, any anything you have to say about balls here on the, uh, the Riverfront, the world's <laughs> most dangerous podcast? I can't believe players aren't talking about their balls more because all the time they know how they feel. They can, a pitcher can tell so quickly if his ball has been missed with, if it weighs a little different, weighs a little less, you know, there's different textures to them. It's wild. And it's so easy to tell. You can tell just like that. You just have to squeeze them a little bit and and, and you can tell, right? Bam. Yep. I do not envy Major League Baseball and whoever is in charge of juggling all those balls. It's it's, tough. it's, just, it's not good. Yeah, it's not good. So leave the balls alone. I think that's what we're saying. No, yes, but alone. seriously, I was I couldn't believe that more people weren't up in arms about it. You know, and I, you know, I asked some people as well, like, how come this isn't a bigger deal? And you're like, oh, I don't really think there's that big of a deal, but it was. It was a big deal, and yes. there's proof of it. And how, how can you not be upset if you're, you know, that's affecting your money. Yes. If, if you're getting more home runs in Yankee Stadium because they're playing with those type of baseballs than in Arizona or wherever, like you're putting up similar numbers you're, to this type of player, but this player is going to have a couple more home runs. He's going to have a couple more doubles. All of a sudden, you're not going to get more than this player. Just because of that, they're not, you know, when you go into arbitration, they're not talking about, oh, they use this baseball, they use that baseball. It wasn't a level playing field. So I, I just yeah. don't understand. Like, even as a Yankee yeah. pitcher, I'd be pissed. Like, what are we it's, doing here? It's infuriating. I, I can't imagine any other sport being like, we're in, in basketball, you know, we're, we're, we're going to weigh the ball down this time. It's going to weigh different. It, it's yeah, it's we, complete, complete madness. And then for them well, to do it in the playoffs, I was like, what the hell are we doing here, man? These playoffs are great enough. We don't need to juice the baseball just for the playoffs. I mean, that sucks for the pitcher. Team pitcher yeah, I, I can't believe it's not it a huge scandal. I really can't yeah. believe it's not a huge scandal. It should be the yeah. biggest talking point out there. Yeah, like that one article that came out in December. I mean, basically when they talk to Manfred, he's like, he just denies it. And it's at worst, he's been proven wrong. And you know, at worst, he's lying about it. 
just flat out lying about it and saying, no, we, we haven't done this, but there's proof. Right. How does it yeah. just get swept under the rug? I blame uh, the media. Thanks for the question, the, Branch. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the question, Branch. Next question comes from our buddy Kyle Kapler. Kyle's question is this. Is Jose Barrero in danger of becoming an obscure former Red? Got to stand out from the crowd eventually, right? Well, I don't know how to answer, know the answer to this question, but Jose Barrero is already an obscure former Red. That's my bold prediction. He's already oh, an obscure no. former Red. Come on. You already wrote him off? I've already written him off, yes. Mm. All right. I did. I'm going to make sure and at you. Every, every hit he gets, <laughs> at Chad Dotson. Oh, yes. Uh, that'd be fine. Please. I hope he gets lots of hits. He's on a path to becoming a future obscure former Red. Yeah, I'm, unfortunately. I'm not really giving is. up, but yeah. Um, How many options does he have left? Like one more? So if he doesn't figure it out soon, then he'll be figuring it out. He's got to have way more than that, doesn't he? He probably has at least two or three, I would think. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, he's This is his fourth year up and down. Is it? Right? I think I so. Know. I think so. So, yeah, he's we getting close to know these things. Yeah, come no on. Idea. What are we supposed to do? Are we supposed to research this before Wait, the show? Sound off in the comments. Yeah, whatever. Don't, don't you tell have us. a guy over there? Doesn't he have somebody you can tell, Chad? Just act like yeah. it. Yeah, I got. Uh, I got hey Jim, can you look that up real quick? <laughs> hey, hey Jim, can you miss? Can you misspell somebody's last name for us real quick? <laughs> it was. It was the producer. It wasn't Chad. It's was not his fault. Seth Shaner. <laughs> Seth says, "Welcome, Carlos." Okay, first of all, what about me? What about Nate? Um. And I don't know, we've sort of already talked about this, so I don't know if there's anything you have uh, to say about this. I, I hate to lean too hard into Joey Votto stuff with you, Carlos, but I wanted to know how different Joey Votto is now compared to when he was coming up through the minors. Um, maybe give some examples. Thanks. Uh, is he is he different? Is he the same same goofy guy? Uh, I mean, he's the same old Jay at heart. You know, same guy, um, you know, with me, always has been. He's just a little busier now. <laughs> he's got a lot of yeah. things going on. He's at the end of his career. Um you know, he's got to be more, even more focused than what he was back then, which is even hard to believe to even say because he's always been dialed in. But um, other than that, man, he's always, he's he's the same guy. He just lives and breathes baseball all day, every day. I mean, he's done this for how, I mean, when was he drafted? In 2002? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Right. I mean, 20 years, half of his life has been professional baseball. So it's, you know, you would think some certain guys would change, but he's not, he's always been real. Uh, always been the same type of guy. I'm sure you know, all his teammates will say the, the same thing. You know, when they talk about him and his, in his, in his hall, of, hall of fame induction, you know, years down the road, but no, I mean, he's the same dude. And it's, you know, why I love him so much. Yeah, I'm going to Cooperstown when that happens, by the way, and I hope I get to speak because I, I imagine I will get a chance to. Oh, by the him. way, do you have a hard copy of that magazine? Because he wants one, the article that you wrote. Oh, ooh, listen. Oh, oh what? Hold on here. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, yes. I do have a copy that I can. Um... Did you get a copy? Was, they were supposed to have sent one to you. No, nah, they were supposed send to send me one, but you didn't. They didn't send that, really? I asked them. All right. Have a day, buddy. Uh, you're serious? You serious? They never sent you one? No, because I, I gave you right. that. Oh my gosh! Well, tell it's them the same magazine. Now. All right, so yeah, I'll get I'll get them to send two out to you, and then you can get one to uh, to Joey. So he didn't hate it, I guess. Is what we're here, what I'm hearing here. No, that's, all, that's all I need to know. That was good. Yeah. That was fair. I tried to be fair. All right. Um, I, I doubt that Phil Castellini will be asking me for a copy of my uh, opening day uh, feature column in Cincinnati Magazine this year. <laughs> just sign it and send it to him as a gift. <laughs> I may, I may do that. Um, all right, let's see. We're Rich Thompson. I love you. I laughed at your question. If you resubmit it next week, we'll we'll uh, talk about it. But as always, it's a little too long, and we're running short on time. So we're going to go to James Urban. James, uh, this one's been getting to me. If sour cream is already sour, why does it need an expiration date? I've got strong feelings about this. Do you? Hey. Let's hear them. First off, can, can you think of a less appealing name for a product you're trying to market as a food ingredient than sour cream? Second, how do they come up with it? Are they just sitting in the kitchen one day and a wife looks at a husband and is like, honey, the cream has gone sour. Should I throw it away? And he says, 
No, put it on a burrito. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Sour cream has bothered me for years, and I'm glad that we got to talk about it. Thank you, James. I hate Hmm. sour cream. I'm not a big sour cream guy. I like sour cream and onion chips. Right, that's different. That's different. But yeah, just sour cream on a, a, a baked potato or something. No thanks. Um, but a better question, I think, James, uh, is if sour cream's already sour, why does it need an expiration date? I think a better question is why do we drive on a parkway and park on a driveway? Why is it when you transport something by car, it's called a shipment, but when you transport something by ship, it's called cargo? I don't know. These are just unanswerable questions that uh, I don't know. I've, I don't know. We're at the I one hour mark. I should have got the pitch timer for my son, or the the clock, or the uh, pinch <laughs> yeah. counter for how many times he says, "I don't know, I don't know." I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> Hooper Powell's next question: They used to say in the NFL, defense wins championships. What would be your all-time defensive red starting nine? Ooh. I don't know. Uh, Brandon Kamick asks: Will any active outfielder in the red system be a future significant contributor? I know we have candidates to change positions in the future, but the current depth is awful. We already talked about Will Benson; that's the only answer, I think. Right? Are any other current outfielders in the system going to be? Elliot Cruz, maybe center fielder. Matt McLean. Matt McLean, maybe. Yeah. I mean, there's there's a world where Jake Fraley could be, uh, you know, a depth piece. On a good team, Ugh. I don't, but I don't think as a starter, no. That's the thing, you know, uh, and I, I like that we have a highly rated farm system in Cincinnati. But you know, there's some 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 decent pitchers that have already graduated the big leagues. The infield depth looking good, lots of shortstops mostly, but uh, the outfield from almost top to bottom, major league to minor leagues, is it's uh, slim pickings, as they say. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I just I don't know. Does anybody know? Who am I? Why am I here? I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Nate, what else you have going on around the riverfront? Oh man! First off, I want to say Hooper will uh, we'll talk about your question at a later date. I would like to put some more thought into that one. That takes some preparation. It um, is a good question. Uh, friend of the family, Joe Farfsing, and I still doing the Riverfront Bangle Show over there. Just had a fun, real fun episode putting together the all-time single-season offensive team. We're going to do defense next week. Uh, other than that, just, just just watching baseball and getting ready for a wedding. Getting ready for a wedding. Carlos, any final thoughts for us? You guys will both be there. You know what's up. We will both be there, yes. What day are you getting married on? March 18th. What better way to this celebrate? This guy's birthday. Now? Let's go. Oh, man. We will be linked forever, Nate. Turns out you need to celebrate <laughs> in uh, Aguadilla, Puerto Rico. I'll be at my brother-in-law's wedding. He's getting married. In Houston. Oh, really? Priorities, my friend. Priorities. Maybe we'll get the we'll, we'll keep the jet ready. Just keep it fueled, Chad. <laughs> snag me an invitation. In the I'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it, Carlos, anything else for us here? Um, I mean, there's a lot of talk going on about the pitch clock. I don't know if you guys talked about that last week or not. Um, but my my thoughts about it is, you know, I'm fine with it. Just to make some tweaks to it. 15 seconds is really short, and I feel like once a pitcher comes set, then stop the clock because the pitch is coming. Yeah, that makes sense. There's no need to mm-hmm. penalize somebody or have somebody get hurt because you call a timeout at the last second whenever, you know. If I'm in my, in my stretch position and I'm looking at the guy at first, looking at home, there's a point where I'm not looking at home plate anymore until I'm going to go. I'm looking at I'm at first base or second base or whatever, not really focusing on my target or anything like that yet until I get to go. And as soon as I get to go, then I lock in. But if the guy's out like this, I mean, I got to stop. And I'm not, I don't practice that. I don't practice stopping. That's how you get injured. So yeah. I, I, I'm fine with a pitch clock. Okay. You want to speed up the game. I'm not totally for it, but I understand it and I get it. And I think it's going to be fine. They just need to make some tweaks to it. In my opinion, that's interesting. I am for it. I, I like the idea that it's speeding up a little bit of the action, but that's that's a point that needs probably needs to be addressed. What's the what's the reasoning for when someone you know gets to the you know um, that point in 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 their wind up or in the, in the stretch? What's the point in enforcing the stop clock after that? I mean, yeah, um, that's so silly. That one 
the one yeah, that was going out today viral with um who was the pitcher of the former red Wandy Peralta. Wandy Peralta. That was ridiculous. Yeah. That was yeah. ridiculous. People are like, oh, this is so great. Oh no, he maybe he should have wasted more time. This, this, and that. I'm like, come on. You even got to admit that's ridiculous. You want to see that in the playoffs? Well, I think that's the extreme, kind of like the other extreme that we see the, the other videos going around about, you know, how many times can Jose Altuve hit a uh, inside the park home run before, you yeah. know? Um, so, yeah, yeah. But the injury, the injury part is the one thing that I've been interested to see because so many guys are max effort pitchers in recent years. And I wondered, are we going to see injuries from people trying to hurry? And because um, they're not used to doing that. Not been, the last how many years they've not really done that, you know, in, in their careers. So I don't know. That's an interesting, interesting thought. Yeah. There's, I made a bet with a buddy of mine that I think a pitcher is going to throw out, throw it at an umpire when he steps out like that, because he's, I'm yeah. telling you, your adrenaline has taken over. You might've just given up back-to-back doubles to give up the lead. You're pissed. And, there's really nothing you can do about it other than try to get this next guy out. And then all of a sudden they call this out. I'm telling you, somebody's <laughs> going to fire one right over that umpire. And what are they going to do? Throw him out of the game? I don't know. I mean, really, that's the might be the best way to uh, avoid injury is to follow <laughs> through and pitch, you know, hit an umpire, hit an umpire, save yeah, an arm. That's, I mean, there's, uh, there's guys back in the day that would just hold the ball, hold the ball and wait for the pit for the batter to call time. As soon as that, you hear that umpire call time, you look, you fire the ball right at that hitter and you yeah, just get away yeah. with it. Uh, good times. Good times. All right. Um, I think that's a good place to, to call it a wrap. Uh, thanks everyone for listening, supporting the riverfront. Please remember to subscribe to the show, either on YouTube or in your favorite podcast apps or on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at riverfront Cincy everywhere and a, a huge thank you again to our supporters at patreon.com slash riverfront sensi this show would not be possible without the support of our patreon family so click the link in the show notes uh go to the go to patreon.com and riverfront slash riverfront sensi join our hijinks shout out to adam dunn to lisa alberto to wayne crinchicki to norman incarnacion steed for nate dotson and carlos guevara this is chad dotson saying so long everyone If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. You love podcasts, the stories, the laughs, the unexpected turns. But when this episode ends, the silence starts. Not anymore. Audiobooks.com turns that silence into your next great adventure. With over 450,000 titles, from bestsellers to hidden gems, your love for listening just found its new best friend. And because you already know the joy of audio, we're giving you three free audiobooks to start your journey. Imagine your favorite podcast, now with unlimited episodes. That's audiobooks.com. Keep the story going. Sign up for your free trial at audiobooks.com slash podcast free today. Because for podcast lovers like you, the end of an episode is just the beginning. That's audiobooks.com slash podcast F-R-E-E.